0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the OT Old Testament reading from Isaiah chapter 11. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Prophet Isaiah in the OT Old Testament reading this morning pictures God's people as a as a stump, a stump, fruitless, forgotten, dead. Now, we're not just talking about any old stump here. We are talking about Jesse's stump, the stump of Jesse. You know Jesse. That's uh, David's uh, daddy, King David. Yeah. You remember King David, don't you? The shepherd boy turned giant slave. King of Israel. Now we're talking 1000 B.C. That's, the, you know, the time frame we're talking about here. The Lord promised King David that someone would sit on his throne forever. That promise is given in 2 Samuel chapter 7. The Lord says, When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring after you. Who shall come from your body? And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne throne of his kingdom forever. Well, 500 years later, how uh, is that promise going? Hmm? How's that promise panning out? More like petering out? Yeah, God's people uh, locked up, key thrown away. They're in a Babylonian captivity, dragged, kicking, and screaming hundreds of miles away from the holy city, Jerusalem. Yeah, they have been captured, conquered, carried off. Now they're in this Babylonian captivity. It's their almost grievous fault. It really is. I mean, they ignored prophet Isaiah and all the prophets. They said, talk to the hand. Talk to the hand. We're going to do whatever we darn well please. Thank you very much. Well, now it's too late. The temple toppled. The throne, well, uh, thrown down. It looks like uh, no one's going to be sitting on that throne anytime soon. Plus, no one has a clue who's next in line anyway. King David's royal line, mown down by that Babylonian buzzsaw, Timber! <laughs> King David's family tree, lumberjacked, and lying on the ground, now all that's left is a S-T-U-M-P stump. A stump! There is no promise in a stump! You look at a stump, and oftentimes a stump is covered with moss, mushrooms. And those shrooms, those mushrooms, a sign of decay, by the way, no future. Just more and more decomposition until the stump crumbles and vanishes for good forever. That's how God's people feel sitting in their lonely Babylonian exile. Nothing to look forward to, no hope, no future, fruitless, forgotten, dead. Now this picture from uh, the prophet Isaiah, I think, hits close to home. Makes us a bit uncomfortable. So often, we can feel like a stump. Fruitless, forgotten, dead. Yeah, fruitless. Fruitless, fruitless, fruitless. We give all these years to a company, and then, and then, and then we get a pink slip? We help the kids with the homework, but, uh, well, the grades, they continue to dip. We want to mend a hanging-by-a-thread relationship, but we are met by... A lip that wounds and hurts and finishes the rip. We get up, we go about the day working, doing the chores, going here and there and everywhere. We go to bed, repeat. Not much to show for all of our workmanship. Forgotten. Forgotten. So forgotten. We go out of our way to help people, give them a hand. No, thank you. The disease gets worse and worse, and no one has a clue what to do. I cast all of my burdens and anxieties and frustrations and disappointments on the Lord, but it doesn't seem like he's going to come through. I pray, I go to church, I read my Bible, but life doesn't seem to change. It gets worse. Everything I touch turning to doo-doo. And dead. Yeah, dead. So dead. The burdens of life. Crushing. Bringing us so low. More wrinkles today than a year ago. Limitations. Eyesight failing. Arthritis set in. The limitations, the weaknesses forced me to give up my fave hobbies, and that's such a hard blow the number of prescription meds and the number of trips to the doctor's offices, well, continue to grow. And every time I go to a funeral, I'm thinking about my own mortality, and I'm asking that question, when will it be my time to go? We can identify with a stump. We can. Fruitless, forgotten. Dead. Take a closer look at this stump. Yeah. Take a, another looky looky. There's more than a stump in Prophet Isaiah's picture, isn't there? See, shooting, see, sprouting from Jesse's stump. A shoot that secures shalom, harmony, hope, beauty, peace for us all. Dear friends, did you know this? Impossible situations, those are God's fave arenas for activity. Did you know that? When God begins something, I get it. It always looks like it won't pan out. It will amount to nothing. Just like that promise made to King David about this forever king. But King David's royal line hasn't hit a dead end. King David's family tree isn't buried six feet under. Not fruitless, not forgotten, not dead. Yeah, look at that stump. Not with your eyes, though. With your with your ears, with your ears, more than a stump, eh? Hmm? Isaiah 11, 1. there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. This promise comes to fruition when, when, when. When, when 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 when, when, when when when, 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 when? Christmas, 2,000 years ago, right? That's when this promise came to fruition. From the soil of Virgin Mary sprouts a twig so teeny tiny who would become king at Calvary. To break open a whole new world where Lamy and Wolfie are buddy-buddy. See, the advent of our king lands him in the zoo of this world. Actually, that's being too tame. More like a, a cage filled with uh, furious, ferocious, fierce, wild beasts. <laughs> Noah, live and let live. More like uh, kill to live. This world full of predator and prey, hunter and hunted, stalker and stalked. The wolfie and the lammy, they're not friends. They're not best of buds. I mean, the wolfie looks at the lammy and thinks, Lunchables. There's my din-din for my tum tum. Bon appetit. Thank you, lamb chops. Into this world, dear folks, where Survivor isn't just a show on CBS but real life. Jesus comes. Jesus enters. Jesus is born. Christmas arrives amidst. The backbiting and the backstabbing, the get evens and the get backs, the uh, well, the smackdown and the smack talk, dog eat dog for sure. But none of that stops our Lord Jesus. None of none of that puts the brakes on His coming to this world. None of that makes Him turn around, you know, do a U turn and run in the opposite direction, screaming. Ah! None of that. He still comes. He still advents. Not fruitless, not forgotten, not dead. See, Jesus comes to crucify and bury this world of violence and bloodshed so that he can resurrect, so that he can lift up, so that he can raise up a whole new world, a world of peace. Peace, peace, peace. A peace that surpasses whatever peace the people experience under King David. A peace that no resolution at the UN can achieve. A peace that no amount of bombs and bullets can secure. A peace that is really for all people. A peace that will spread to every nook and cranny of this planet. A peace that will cost this new and improved King David everything. Everything, everything, everything. A peace that his baptism and the Holy Spirited sevenfold gifts guarantee. Isaiah, Isaiah 11, verses 2 and 3. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, The spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. This babe of Bethlehem, cooing in the crib, has qualifications and credentials like no other. This teeny tiny twig will grow up to reign and rule like no king ever has and no king ever will. Verses 3 and 4. But it's not what we think. Judge in the ancient world wasn't, you know, this robed up, wigged up guy behind the bench who, you know, pounded the gavel. The judge in the ancient world was the king. The king who righted wrongs. Who made everything wrong right. Well, King Jesus, he he looks at this world and he sees something so wrong, doesn't he? We were not created to be fruitless, forgotten, dead. We were not made for any of that. Period. And so, uh, Jesus rolls up his sleeves and he gets his hands dirty. All that's broken and busted in this world. He comes to bind up and make so beautiful. All the defenseless. All the down-and-out, all the disenfranchised will wind up one day on the winning side. Yet all the losers will be the victors. This is what Jesus comes to do. And he's dressed for action. He's ready to rock and roll. He is. We hear his, his wardrobe in this text. He is dressed to be faithful, faithful to the Father. He is dressed to pull off his mission, and that mission, of course, is the righting wrongs mission. Isaiah, Isaiah eleven five, righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The king's righting wrongs mission has a goal. There's an end game here. Okay. And it doesn't include Thanos, okay? (laughs) At all. There is an endgame. The vision that Prophet Isaiah gives us of the endgame, where all this is going, is a bit (laughs) Disney-esque. But this is not one of Walt's fairy tales. This is the real deal. All of human history... Is moving toward the undoing of division, danger, and death. That's what we see in the next three sentences. Verse 6: The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and a little child shall lead them. No more division! Wolfie and Lammy, buddy buddy the predator and prey pals foes transformed into uh, besties bff's best friends forever and in the midst of it all look who's running the show a child a weak vulnerable child what child is this jesus the christ child the babe of bethlehem leads this whole bleating, mooing, roaring, yipping, giggling company. The creator becomes the creature so that uh, he can do what Papa Adam failed to do. Kinging, reigning, and ruling over all of creation. Binding everything together in a blessed communion and union. Shalom zone everywhere. No matter where you go, harmony, peace, love, hope, everywhere. Dear friends, the vision of what will be only gets better here in the OT reading. Verse 7 The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. No more danger. No more danger. The cow no longer living in fear, holding a sign saying, Eat more chicken. Ha <laughs> ha! No more of that. The bear doesn't even have an appetite for burgers anymore. All the bear wants is a tossed salad. That's all the bear wants. The cow and the bear feasting and fellowshipping together down on the farm. And it'll last. It will last generational eternal their children it says will be companions of one another friends besties bffs forever just when you think that this vision this vision of new eden paradise 2.0 couldn't get better it does it absolutely does it Gets more awesome Verse 8. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. No more death. The curse that coursed through the cosmos canceled. Canceled. Slithery serpent Satan sank his fangs into humanity and pumped humanity full of venom. And that venom, which poisons this world, with violence, bloodshed, jealousy, envy, hatred, death, will be no more. No more enmity. Only harmony. Everything right. All perfect. All perfect. Just as it should be. This is what the world will look like one day. And God will do it. You can stake your eternal destiny on this God. He will not disappoint you one bit. This is the God who's going to lift up every square inch of this fallen world and make it his mountain house where there will be no more danger, no more division, no more death ever again. That's the promise. Verse 9, they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain... For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Now this future world ain't free. It costs something. There is a price tag. Nothing to do with buying more bombs and bullets using taxpayer money. Nothing to do with, you know, passing more and more resolutions in the U.N., Nothing to do with peace treaties among the nations. None of that. You heard the price tag. Verse 10. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples. Signal for the peoples. Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. The root of Jesse. Did that catch your attention? The root of Jesse. The teeny tiny twig that sprouts from the stump of Jesse is also the root of Jesse. Are you picking up what prophet Isaiah is throwing down? The one who comes from Jesse is also the one who made Jesse O come o come Emmanuel God wrapped in hair, fingernails, skin, feet, nose, eyes. Only one person fits that description and his name ends with uh, an es and begins with a j. Jesus He is the teeny tiny twig that sprouts and grows and becomes a branch. And you can't ask for a better branch than Branch Jesus, because he's the branch that is planted squarely and firmly on Mount Calvary. And this is the signal that Prophet Isaiah sees. He sees the cross 600 plus years before the birth of baby Jesus. He sees Good Friday. It's ugly, not pretty. You're in Mount Calvary, gets, uh, well, fruitless, forgotten, dead, fruitless, yeah, nailed to a piece of dry wood in darkness. Yeah, forgotten. Jesus cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yeah, dead, dead, buried in a borrowed grave. But on Easter morning, the Father remembers. He remembers. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Yes, branch, Jesus, sprouts. He sprouts from the grave, and he brings forth so much H-O-P-E, hope. Hope, 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 hope. From a stump comes a branch that bears abundant fruit. Not any old fruit. Fruit filled with vitality and life. Fruit that never rots or spoils. Fruit that's only good. Only good. Fruit that endures forever. Branch, Jesus, so fruitful. And the proof? You are the proof! You're the proof, I'm the proof. No longer are we fruitless, forgotten, dead. We have been baptized into branch Jesus so that, so that in us and through us, this, this world, this brand new world, where Wolfie and Lammy are buddy buddy, is buddy, buddy now. Budding today. Budding on December 4th, 2020. A moment ago, we, uh, we witnessed Carmen, Olivia, grafted into Branch Jesus. Her life will never be the same again. Every season of her life, fruitful, always remembered, for, forever alive, she now joins us in the greening, the greening of this world. Do you see what I see? All of this beauty and goodness and hope and love growing in us and through us and around us. Caitlin? Anthony, you're going to have so much joy. You already have joy. You will encourage Carmen Olivia that Paradise 2.0, the New Eden, isn't out there, but already sprouting in her and through her, budding already in this little, this little gal is the new creation. The beginnings of the new heavens and the new earth. And that's true for all of us, dear friends. All of us here. The fruit doesn't look very significant. Pretty small stuff. The fruit doesn't look like much. But it's so satisfying. So, so satisfying. When we say, I love you, you're a gift to me from God. You did such a great job. I'm sorry. I want to do better. I forgive you. How can I pray for you I thank God for you the produce of paradise is being passed out already here and now dear friends no strikes or supply chain issues when it comes to our Lord none of that he just keeps lavishing us with his fruit and his fruit produces in us and through us more and more fruit. So keep yourself on the receiving end of Jesus' fruiting. Until that final harvest at the resurrection. Hide. Rest. Remain. In the shadow of Branch Jesus. Come and feast. Feast on Jesus' Branch Jesus' low-hanging fruit. His body given for you? His blood shed for you? What are you waiting for? Not fruitless. Not forgotten. Not dead. Ever. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.